All right, ladies and gentlemen, I know it's not Monday, it's Tuesday, but hey, we're still coming at you with a great episode of Offside, and we got great people sitting down today. We got Jen sitting with us. Jen, how's the day treating you? Not too bad. It's beautiful. The sun's out, and I can't complain. And then we got Mr. Jamie Anesty, the man behind the scenes running everything. How's it going today, Mr. Anesty? Bright and sunny here in Nova Scotia. As long as you don't tell me snow's coming, I'm going to be a happy man. So. <laughs> I don't think we got snow on the forecast, my guy. And then the special guest today is Mr. Josh from the Orion Sports Network. Josh, how's it going today? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on. Got 16 degrees and sunny here, so can't complain. There we go. I think we're about the same here in Nova Scotia, 15, 16 degrees. So the sun just decided to burn off the fog and go sunny, so we're rocking and rolling with that. But guys... The uh, news du jour, the topic right off the hop here. We have the uh, Montreal Canadiens Edmonton Oilers not making up the game today that was missed last night due to COVID. Uh, two players from Montreal Canadiens entered the COVID protocol. Uh, Jesperi Kakanyemi and Joel Armia. Uh, their test results for the entire teams are not due back until 4.30 today. So they will not be making up the game. Uh, which leads me to ask you all, and uh, Josh, I'll get your take on this first. We all surmised at the beginning of the season there wasn't a lot of time to make up games. And we look at a lot of teams in the States of when they would have to make up their games and adjust their schedules, etc., etc. The Canadian division has been, you know, mostly actually up until this point undisturbed with games due to COVID. Now we have this one being postponed. Do they make it up during the run, which if you look at their schedule is kind of hard to do, uh, or do they tack it on at the end? But the thing is, again... They don't want to be going up against the Olympics, and they don't want to be going further into the summer, bleeding into next season with anything. So I'm wondering, guys, and Josh, I'll get you to answer first, what do you think goes here with the the Montreal Canadiens, and how do they address getting this game in? Well, I think, you know, in in the case of the Canadian division, I think we've been pretty lucky just with the amount of games that, I mean, we've only missed one up to date. Uh, I think this is kind of the first COVID scare we've had. Hopefully the test results come back negative and they can... I mean, I think they would have to make this game up at the end of the season, just looking at both teams' schedules, because they're kind of in the final stretch here with, you know, 25 and 27 games left or something like that. Uh, the NHL, they did allow a, a runway at the end. I believe it was 7 to 10 days to make up games. Um, a couple of the other divisions are already getting really close to cutting into that. But luckily, if those divisions do run over, I think the Canadian division does have that the North Division, sorry. I had to call it the Canadian Division. but No, no, it's division, the Canadian division. division. It's the Canadian. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they do have that runway to allow. So if it is only one game, I think they can tack that on at the end. Um, you know, depending on if it even matters, right? Like if, say, one of the teams is out of the playoffs by four points, I mean, yeah, the other, it's not going to affect standing. Maybe they just go MLB style and say, ah, it doesn't matter, let's just leave it. Um, or maybe if more games are canceled, we're looking at you know what a lot of the, the analysts have been saying and what I personally think they should do anyway is based off win percentage. Um, that's a situation we might see as well. But hopefully it's just a one-off and we don't see this you know continue on and spread throughout the division. Yeah, well, I think that's the uh, the caution here, the cautionary tale they're doing right now with not allowing both teams to play because they do have games coming up. And like you indicated, they want this to be a, a false negative situation. But, Jen, what do you think the uh, the team should do and what what should the NHL do here with those, ex- you know, extending the season? Well, see, it's been a little inconsistent if you ask me because they've had some players in other teams across the league that have been um, 
forced to play down up to like eight players being on under COVID pro- protocol. Now they're doing this in Montreal with, I think it was two players. Correct me if I'm wrong. It's two players. Yep. To, yeah. They get to scratch the game and it's like, okay, so where, where do you, where's the line here? Like, um, some teams have to play. I think it was Detroit. I could be wrong. Uh, early in the season, that got lost or was forced to play their game. And they were down like eight players, and they they lost these games um, because they were short so many men. I think you were referring. I think it was the Devils actually. The Devils had a lot because it was like Andreas Janssen, Aaron Dell. Uh, it was a litany of players that were on the list. Well, it was something. Maybe they were playing the Red Wings or something, but I can't. I can't remember specifically, but then you see the difference here, and it's like there's this this league seems to lack a lot of consistency. And we're talking about what happens with this one game loss, potentially two games lost between the Oilers and Montreal. Well, I mean, the Buffalo Sabers and the Rangers weren't they just canceled too yep. recently? Like, there's a lot of games to be made up, and um, I heard that we've got a week between um, regular season and, and the and then the, the playoffs starting. But I mean, these players need rest. Regardless, like you can't be jamming in all these games. I don't think they they scheduled they kind of like structured this properly, thinking planning for the worst yeah. essentially from the beginning. And I mean, like you're looking at teams players getting hurt, um, more players getting hurt. Like I'm, the Penguins are just nuts right now with injuries. I can't even keep up. My head's spinning so much. <laughs> but it's like where's the balance here? I and mean, then you can't force these players into the postseason without proper ample rest. You know what I mean? You can't load in all these games. What should they do? I don't know. I think they had. These taxi squads, they had enough players to make play the game, but I think they should have just kind of stuck with that route, played with the players they had. Like, that's what they agreed on in the beginning. And, I mean, why are games, you know? I think the concern here with the uh, the Montreal Canadiens and the Edmonton Oilers was the fact that um, Joel Armia and Jesperi Kakanyemi. Hey, guys, if, I'm going to ask right here. I'm going to cut for a sec. Uh, if you're not talking, just put your phone on mute. There's a lot of background noise, just so we don't get a lot of static on the mic. Um, but we'll go back into it. Uh, yeah, so Jasperi Kakanyemi and both Joel Armia were available for practice. Uh, they were with the team, around the team, um, and then this popped up. So I think it's abundance of caution just because in case they are positive, they were around their teammates, they were practicing, they were on the ice. Uh, they did play a game, obviously, I think it was Saturday night as well against Vancouver. Um, so it's just an abundance of caution thing just in case. You know, anybody else is affected, and obviously that's why they're testing both teams um, and making sure those results come back, obviously negative. But, Jamie, you look at these two squads here and you look at the, uh, the you know, COVID situation. For you, when you look at it from what Jen is saying, do you think that they should just go with the taxi squad then and just play it out? Look at the New York Rangers. They had coaches, I believe players came from the Hartford Wolfpack in the American Hockey League to uh, have a coaching have the coaches coach the game, right? So um, I believe they should use a taxi squad. They should have, like, we don't want to be playing, like, right, as of right now there's going to be there's going to be games being played from May until June. There's over 30 games impacted by COVID-19. Right? Yep. I'm looking at it right. I'm looking at it right now on SportingNews.com. There's over 30 games impacted by COVID-19. So, do we want to be playing games right into June and and, and crowning a Stanley Cup champ in August and September? Well, that's, so that's my big thing, looks, right? That's the way it looks right now. But let's, let's try. Like Jen mentioned, you know, it it seems like it's all over the place. But take the guys from the AHL. 
okay? Take coaches, take build a build a uh, a bigger taxi squad, and just start playing games. Like it, there's ways around it. I don't know if it's because of travel or or just the availability of the players. Because AHL is still playing, right? So yeah, you know, I don't, I'm, I'm I don't build, know. Uh, I'm not Bill. I'm not at the end of the day. I'm not Bill Daly. I'm not. Gary Bettman, so I can't make decisions. I, I can give you my opinion, but the, the way it's looking, we could be playing makeup games until until June, right? So yeah, that's, that's well, that, that's the whole thing we talked about at the beginning before this all started, right? Was how much will COVID impact this season? Obviously, we've seen, like you just said, thirty games impacted thus far. Um, you know, and it's going to cut into it. That's why I keep, you know, referring to the fact about the runway. Uh, Josh, I know you touched on the fact that there's a 7-10 to 10 day buffer, but I mean, if you have 30 games impacted already, um, and a lot of those teams, I think, are, you know, on the list multiple times, the New Jersey Devils, the Buffalo Sabres, um, it'd be with two huge culprits, I think, that are on there. Not that they did anything wrong, but they'd be on that list. Um, you know, what do you do? Do do you start looking at the fact that hey maybe we might have to push the start date to next season or do you like you said I didn't we'll we'll put a ball on this here in a moment but do you just say hey okay look at the standings okay this is where you are this is where you finish this is it you know once you have a cutoff date say okay all games that possibly can be played have to be done by X date and that's it is that something you think well, I, the NHL will look at I think you got to be really careful with how you're dealing with the situation because we saw the league kind of screwed up a couple days ago where there were two I think there was two uh, maybe positive tests before a game and then they did the anthem with with all the players had their masks on and then they played the game and then those two teams were shut down after that and that's not what you want you don't want the transmission of the virus through the teams and I think that's what they're concerned about which is why I was okay of the decision to cancel the game or postpone the game last night um, I mean, at the end of the day, we all want to see these players stay healthy and stay on the ice and be able to play next season because we all know this virus affects players differently. Um, you know, we've seen cases where players are still recovering for it and not just in the NHL. We see it in other sports as well. And I, at the end of the day, it's not a normal season. So if all the teams don't play the same amount of games and it's not decided by points, if they have to say, hey, at the end of the day, we just got to do this by points percentage, guys, like that's what you're dealing with and if the owners want to get upset about that you just turn around and tell them look this team is an investment for you these players make you money you've got to protect your investment which at the end of the day is all that those owners want right so that's just my two cents on it no i i mean i've heard that before too the the whole win percentage thing um being a factor i mean if you want to be able to finish the season on time and you know, at a respectable date where you're not bleeding into the Olympics, where that'll take up a lot of your viewership, which you know the NHL is counting on. And then you also want to look at the fact you don't want to be affecting too much going into next season because you have a brand new team coming in that wants to hit the ground running as well in the Seattle Kraken. So you know that's all forefront as well because they just paid a hefty expansion fee and you don't want to have them sitting on their heels, you know, waiting to get into the season, waiting to get to play as well. So, And then teams also want to start to figure out what the rosters are going to be with the expansion draft, which is something we'll talk about probably here in a little bit. Um, but yeah, we'll put a bow on this and say, you know what, hopefully everything goes well and everything comes back negative. They make up this one game in the North Division, comes out of this relatively unscathed like it has so far. Um, but we'll jump on the Toronto Maple Leafs, obviously a uh, hot topic there with the goaltending situation. 
Freddie Anderson came out last week and said that he's not where he wants to be. Um, we all took that as maybe mentally, physically. Uh, he said his game is not where it should be yet. Um, when I spoke with Terry Koshan, Terry said, you know, he's been with the Leafs for how many years now? His game should be, you know, dialed in by now. And now we've all learned that he does have an LBI he's been dealing with all summer, or all season, not summer. Um, and now he may, I'll put an asterisk beside him, may end up on the IR. Um, Sheldon Keefe alluded to as much the other day with his comment saying, you know, the goaltending situation for Thursday may sort itself out between the goalies and their health. And he won't have to make a decision, you know, that hamstrings anyone. It'll probably be Jack Campbell's crease by the sounds of it. Um, I ask you, uh, Jen, first, between Freddie Anderson, Jack Campbell, Joseph Wall, Mike Hutchinson, um, do you think that if Freddie's on the shelf for an extended period of time, which may be the thing that happens, um, do you think the Leafs have enough goaltending depth without Freddie Anderson around? See, this is tough for me because I don't. Re- I'm sorry, I don't know too much about the Leafs goaltending. But when I look at uh, Freddie Anderson's career, and then I look at the um, what's his name, Jack Campbell. Jack Campbell, thank you. His career, and I'm looking like uh, Freddie Anderson looks more consistent. He's got more depth in his game. Um, but then I didn't. I wasn't aware that he was struggling with some injury and then maybe some mental issues too stemming from that injury uh lack of confidence in his game or whatever but i do know that um for a goaltender and this goes against what i witnessed in pittsburgh but for a, for success in the postseason you got to have strength in your goaltending right and clearly the, the Leafs are on path to have a good hopefully solid postseason a long a long push anyways or long run sorry i should say um jack campbell right now he's played what four games this season and he's won all four yep so he's looking he's looking pretty good right now but this is see the thing with goaltenders is and, and most of us know that is they tend to get better as they age you know like we didn't see the best of Carey Price until I think it's fifth season sixth season correct me if I'm wrong um mentality is a big factor like the pressure that's on a goaltender is insane right so what do you do when you're looking at what goaltenders you have what goaltenders and what they've done in these positions in the past it's a lot it's a conversation it's something that can't be decided right over right like in a, in, a, in you know in a day you got to kind of look at all the factors and i mean you do tend to want to go with your hot goalie until he's not so hot anymore but do you really want to burn out a young goaltender and destroy his confidence you know what i mean yeah I mean, I look at the Toronto Maple Leafs and I look at Jack Campbell and I say, okay, I like your numbers. And I've said this numerous times. I said to Jamie as well, I like your numbers, but show me a bigger sample size than four games. And it's all great that he's played 10 complete games at the Toronto Maple Leafs and has, you know, the best numbers since Terry Sawchuk, um, which is what they were comparing him to on the weekend with his statistics in the first 10 games and his goals against average and everything. But, Josh, I'll ask you, uh, you know, you look at Jack Campbell and you look at what's behind him. What, what's behind him? Jack Campbell could be great, but you do have to rely in this truncated season on a different goaltender than just your starter. And if Freddie does go on the shelf, we've seen, we've all seen Jen, Jamie, uh, Josh, we've all seen Mike Hutchinson. We know what he is. Uh, we know what he isn't. Yeah, he played great against Edmonton for one game, but we also seen what happens when he let two softies in against Ottawa. So, you know, you know what Hutchinson is. He's not a guy that is a viable everyday option as a backup. Uh, you don't know what you have in Wool. You have Ian Scott, who's came back from hit surgery, hasn't faced a, a, a shot in the NHL or AHL, let alone the Western Hockey League, and I think a year and a half. 
Um, and then you have the guy that's still sitting in quarantine that you just acquired from the Columbus Blue Jackets that, you know, is a question mark because you don't know what you got in him. Uh, Josh, I wonder for you, and I'll echo the question again, do the Leafs need to go out and get another goaltender to kind of supplant what's behind Jack Campbell? Well, that's the thing with Campbell is you don't really know, and everyone seems to think they know what they have, but they don't because nope. he hasn't had, you know, they, he hasn't had a starter's load of games. He played, what, 10 to 12 games with the Leafs? I mean, 10, it feels like he's only 10. Forever, but yeah, just 10 games. Yeah, he's only played you know, 10 games and, you know, that practice game, or which is where he was facing floaters from the hash marks. But it, it, he seems to be confident in his net, and the team does look a little more confident in front of him. But that's because ever since he's got here, all he's done is win. And this season, you know, he's 4-0. and He just, you know, back-to-back shutouts. And I would feel confident with him, you know, taking the net from Freddie just for a little bit here. You know, let Freddie get his confidence back. Let Freddie, you know, heal whatever injury he's got. As for bringing in another goaltender, you know, it gets a little difficult this season because you're probably not getting a goalie from any of the Canadian teams because they don't want to give you that advantage because you're playing a Canadian team in the first two rounds of the playoffs. So it's probably not a trade partner there. Uh, and then if you're bringing in one from the States, you're you're sitting, he's sitting for two weeks. And, you know, how effective is goalie after not skating for two weeks because you're going to want him to jump right in? Um you know, I've seen, you know, bring over uh, Jonathan Quick. I don't know if, you know, a guy like Quick is an upgrade over Freddie Anderson. No. Um, I mean, I, I've heard this before. I'll give Steve Dangle a shout-out. I want old Freddie back. Yep. Like, that's, I think that's the guy you need. And You know, I wouldn't be upset if they went into the playoffs and they had Campbell and Anderson. And, you know, if Campbell's your number one, you still have a solid backup in Freddie or even vice versa. If Freddie can get his game back, you know, you have a solid backup in Campbell. And, I think everyone's just getting a little, not impatient, but just kind of, just I could, maybe impatient is the word with the goaltending, but it's going to take time to figure out. Um, when a player loses their confidence, it's one of the hardest things to get back, especially when you have someone behind you and Jack Campbell playing you know, lights out so far. Yeah. I mean, I guess we'll see. My assumption is he's going to start uh, on Thursday. Um, you know, Freddie probably, I would start Campbell anyway. I, I think if a goalie gets a shutout, he gets the next game. Uh, anyway, even you know, maybe not on a back-to-back, but you know they've had rest. Throw Campbell in, give Freddie the day off. Um, maybe have Hutch back up if Freddie, you know, even if Freddie's ready to go, I'd say you know sit in the press box, take the time. Um, but I don't think bringing in another goaltender is the answer. If you're bringing in a guy, and I mean, I imagine they already did with this. Uh, I have no idea how to say his name, but the Columbus goaltender, he's probably your number three. Is it like Veselinen um, or something? Veselinen or whatever? Something like that, yeah. There's a lot of these in there. but <laughs> he, um, he, he, I've looked at his numbers. He doesn't have a lot of pro experience, but he seems like he could be a solid option if, you're two, two num- if your number one and your number two go down. But if he's you know, your number one option for a stretch of five to six games, you're in trouble. If he's your number one option in the playoffs, you're in trouble. Um, I've seen people say you got to get Joseph Wall up here. No, you don't. That guy <laughs> needs a couple more seasons in the AHL. Um, so it's just we need to think it through. Uh, Campbell and Anderson are your two guys right now. If you're bringing in someone else, it's got to be an upgrade over Freddie, and I don't know who that would be. I don't know. Yeah, there's, there's not much out there unless you're going to go target a John not. Gibson from from Anaheim. Exactly, which you know, and he's injured right now. And, yeah. You know, Anaheim's going to want a king's ransom for him because he's a solid goaltender. He's a great goaltender on a terrible team. And you have to consider too that, like 
strength of goalie like their play in the postseason. It's a different game, right? Yep. So you have to consider that too. And with Freddie Anderson, like like you said, how you, he should take a little bit of time off, but not be completely separated, so he can work on whatever he needs to in his, in his mental game because he's got a little bit more playoff experience. You know what I mean? So you kind of you don't want to rule him right out and just give up because the whole the whole team can crumble just over small moves like that. Well, what do you think, Jamie? Uh, we, we're we're all bantering here. What do you think about the Leafs goaltending situation? Well, Josh hit the nail on the head. To be honest, um, the only other guy I could think of, I was going to say Jonathan Quick. He stole the words. He stole the words right out of my mouth. But uh, Devin Dubnik would be the only other guy that would be available if if they needed that second goalie. If Freddie Anderson goes on the long-term injury list, right? We've got a month before the, the trade deadline, so hopefully, um, and to be honest, knock on wood, we know Campbell's been hurt, um, and he wasn't really given that chance in L.A. to have a starting role because he's behind Jonathan Crick, right? So, I say, I don't, I don't know. Like it, they want a, they want a top six forward. They want it. It seems like they want everything to go for a run because, you know, Leaf Nation, we, we want a Stanley Cup. So I, hopefully there's no pressure on Dubas to make a trade just to, to to make a to make a run because it's just that type of year. I think really, like, just take what you have. Uh, Gail Chenyuk, I know I might be going off topic, but Gail Chenyuk might be the best option in that top six forward position. So leave that alone. Um, Matias Ekholm's probably not going to Toronto, um, so we won't talk about that. But as a, as far as a goalie, um, maybe just maybe just give Cable the next ten games. Knock on wood, he doesn't get hurt because he was he didn't didn't get that chance in LA behind Quick, right? So well, he um, got a solid chance. He did get a solid chance in LA, yeah. and Quick was injured. He was the he, starter, he and, and like but, Dennis yeah. Bernstein said, he. He didn't show that he had the capability of being your everyday in and out starter, and that. But that was younger, and like Jen just alluded to as well, and Josh touched on it yourself. Goalies do take a little bit more time to, what do you say, uh, come together, have the seasoning, get the gear, whatever you want to call it, get themselves together and ready to play. They take a little longer than most players. You know, they come along at twenty six, twenty seven, twenty eight years old, and they go lights out. Look at Jordan Biddington. And a lot of people right now are drawing comparisons between Jack Campbell and Jordan Bennington, saying, hey, this is kind of what happened with him, and you know, wouldn't it be great if he went on a run with the lease, Mr. Campbell, and does all these great things. But we'll see what happens in the goaltending thing. But, you know, Jamie, you just touched on something there about Ekholm. And you know what? I think that with Jimmy VC, you know, getting claimed on waivers, Travis Boyd getting claimed on waivers, I think there's a method to the madness here. Um, I know it's a little bit more cap space for the Maple Leafs, but I think the method to the madness that you're looking at is they are going to be hitting home runs. They're looking for the drive the ball right out of the park here and pick up a couple great assets to go for a run. And it may not be a Matias at home, but it may be, you know, Ryan Ellis. I think that the Nashville Predators are going to, and I think I'm stealing this from 31 Thoughts, so shout out to Elliot and, and Jeff Merrick, you know, they were talking about the fact that Nashville will probably have to decide between Ekholm or Ellis, you know, who they want to keep and what is it going to be. And, you know, I think Toronto would be right in on that. I think Toronto would be in on a top six forward as well, but some of the names bandied about don't exactly excite me, to be honest. And I'm not excited about a Taylor Hall coming to Toronto. 
Um, I don't think it'll be smart. There was the the name Phil Kessel brought up. Wouldn't it be funny to see him playing with William Nylander and John Tavares? And, you know, kind of stuff it in Steve Simmons' face a little bit. But I'm wondering, I'll ask you, Jen, first. When you look around the league and you look at the things Toronto's been openly talking about wanting to get, whether it's a top six winger, whether it's a top four defenseman or even a bottom pairing guy, what is a name to you that would make sense for the Maple Leafs and help complete them? You there, Jen? Yeah, you just kind of dipped out at what a, a name, something to do with a name for the Maple Leafs. I, ju- I just want to say, first and foremost, with the, the way the Leafs have been uh, been trending this year, this season, you don't want to take a big gamble. You don't want to you don't want to gamble big here. You want to make the smart moves, right? Um, as to bringing in what name to bring in, I really don't know. Like I couldn't tell you to be honest with you because I kind of like the way the Leafs have been going. Um, and for me, when you bring in a big change or a big name like for example Taylor Hall he's still a big name but I think he's kind of like I don't know I think he's jaded he's, there's something toxic about him it just doesn't work with him anywhere right um, and when you mentioned I mean you, you kind of sold me at Phil Kessel I didn't hear anything about that but I'm all for that <laughs> <laughs> yeah well, it's, it's got the story he's, he's great in the postseason like and but him coming back to Toronto, I mean, he, he hated he hated it here. He hated the media here, anyways. But I mean, players want to win, right? So I think in in any position, whatever Dubis decides to do, I really hope. And this goes as well with the goaltender situation. You don't want to gamble, take a big gamble here, because this is a season that the Leafs have really proved, proven themselves to be strong. Sure, they kind of dipped off a little bit as of late, but I mean, they've had a lot of game time off. There's, what we're on another four-day stretch of games off. Yep. Um, you, you kind of lose your momentum in the in the in those times. People think, oh, yeah, they get the rest they needed. Well, you know, there's other factors that come into play when they have extensive rest. For as for names, I mean, it, when's the deadline? The 12th of April, yep. right? Yep. So we're a couple weeks away from that, and I mean, I just hope I, I can't really give you a name. Um, I'm not sure what players are available, but I think at the the best thing Dubas can do is just kind of, you know, think big but act small, or think small but act big, you know what I mean, rather than and taking any big risks or gambling on anything because it just can shift the dynamic so big. So one small move can shift the di- dynamic so big, and it could go either positive or negative. So, I mean, going back just quickly to the Jack Campbell thing, like I was looking at his record, his career record, he's won as many games. He's won, He's lost more games than he's won. Right, and that's a factory that you want to look at. Not much, but I mean, for this, I, I don't know. I, I like the way the Leafs are trending, so I can't give you a name at this point. What about you, Josh? What do you think? Um, I mean, if they're going to go after someone, I, I think everyone's expecting a home run here. But and just from a fan point of view, I would love a home run. Like if they were to bring in like a Taylor Hall or a Matias Ekholm, that would be fantastic. I just think realistically it's not going to happen. I think you're looking at, like, your biggest fish you might be able to get is maybe Raquel out of Anaheim. Um, you know, Kyle Palmieri would be a nice addition. I know Tanner Pearson, uh, he's, his name's been thrown around a couple times. Um, and, you know, that's the name that sticks out to me, to be honest, with Tanner Pearson. But you can get him from Vancouver. Uh, he doesn't have to quarantine. And then the same thing going the other way. Um I think in that trade, you're probably looking at a Kerfoot maybe going the other way. Neither team would have to quarantine that player. They could just start playing right away. I just think 
nobody's really making a big deal out of this whole the player has to sit for two weeks coming this way when I, I think it's a bigger issue than it is amongst GMs and amongst the owners, amongst the coaching staff, and amongst the players. Nobody wants to sit for two weeks and you're gearing up for a playoff push. Um, I know some of these players don't have no trade clauses, so they might not really have a say in it. And you also want to look at what Toronto has to give up in this. Um, I know on TSN's, I kind of had a bone to pick with this, was on TSN's trade date board, they just have Toronto's top prospect at number eight. So, okay, let's put a name there um, instead of just putting top prospect. But, you know, when I think of top prospect, I think of a guy like Robertson. Um, I don't want to give him up in a trade and unless it's for someone that I'm getting for, for term. Yeah. And none of these guys on the trade date board, none of the names I've been throwing around, the longest term I think is like one year, and that would be Ekholm, Raquel, and um, I think Colin Miller. And then Kerfoot is the longest term on the trade date board, but he already plays for Toronto. It's it's going to be interesting. I, 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 mean, I said something on our show a, a couple days ago. I said, you know, your trade deadline acquisition might have been Simmons and Galchenyuk being added back to the lineup because that did seem to pump the team up a little bit. Uh, I mean, it's not the boost you're looking for, but it was a boost. And if you can't bring anyone of impact in after that, maybe you make a couple moves to you know bolster your third and fourth line, which I don't think you really need to bolster that third line. It's been fantastic the last couple of weeks. Um, I mean, maybe maybe your move is bringing in another goalie. I know Bernier's name's been throwing around, but he's injured. It's going to be really interesting to see what they do because they're either going to swing for the fences and not do anything at all. I could see them doing a um, you know a bottom pair defenseman to kind of replace Dermot because my big thing and I've said this to, to Terry Koshansa this to Jamie and Jen too when you look at the Toronto Maple Leafs you look at the forward corps and I know we lost VC and Boyd so this is a little less but it's still the same thing it rings true to me if you look at the next man up mentality who do you have on defense if you lose Riley if you lose Muzzin if you lose Brody if you lose any of those guys a uh, Hall even or Bogo who's your next man up Marty Marinson are you confident in Marty Marinson, we all know what's happened. I know he's great with a big stick on the penalty kill, but beyond that, I still have that glaring Liam Foodie situation where he didn't engage and Foodie tucked it in short side against Freddie because Marinson did nothing. Stood there like a deer in headlights. Then you have Sandine and Lilligren. If you were so high and ready on Sandine and Lilligren, they'd already be playing in your lineup. So they're not, and they haven't. So obviously that to me tells me that you're not exactly sold on them being ready not sold on them as a player or a prospect because we all know that they're trending in the right direction but just not ready for this year so who is your next man up on d so i could see them either like you said josh hitting the home run but i don't necessarily see them doing nothing i see them maybe adding on the bottom to replace out a Dermot or something like that just in case someone who may be able to play elevated minutes if an injury does happen and who's that guy I couldn't give you a name Josh Manson's been bantied about from the uh the Anaheim Ducks I'd uh, love to see him over here he can throw some weight around and different things with his play but uh Jamie I want to ask you you look at the Toronto Maple Leafs for you where is the area that comes to mind for you that they need to address well, Josh just mentioned Tanner Pearson. He's actually hurt at the moment, but I'm wondering, Vancouver is without Pedersen right now. Horvat was hurt uh, after last night's game. I'm wondering if Vancouver is going to be sellers in the next three weeks, as of yesterday, three weeks to the trade deadline. So what about, like, if, if we just did two deals, I guess, or 
two players went to Vancouver, so maybe Dubas can, there's a relationship they're already built from Travis Boyd going to Vancouver, uh, BC going to Vancouver. Um, any of you guys can answer this, but like maybe do you bring over, like if Vancouver sells, do you bring over Holtby, like, or maybe Riddich, like do you, if, if Calgary and Vancouver, I know things may change in the next three weeks, but if one of those teams becomes sellers, can you maybe get a Riddich or a Holpe? I know Demko's not going anywhere. I know Markstrom's not going anywhere, right? So as far as the defense, like I've been watching a lot of St. Louis Blues games, me and Clark Monroe, uh, who we've had on the show, and uh, you know quite well. Um, I'm highly, I like Vince. Vince's Dunn's game, he scored last night for St. Louis. Uh, David Savard seems like a better uh, choice than Matthias Ekholm. Um, so, as far as the forwards, Josh just, I'll echo what Josh just mentioned. Yes, we, Galchenyuk and Simmons could have been our, could have already, could have already been our trade, uh, whatever, whatever word you want to use there, but they could have already been our Flash, I guess. Right. So, yep. with that being said, with that with that being said, um, I, I think Vancouver right now could be sellers. Maybe you get Holpe or figure, like just to have that goalie if Anderson goes on a long term or can't can't play. Because I strongly believe, I think I already said this. Knock on wood, Campbell takes the next the next ten games. Maybe give um, I don't know who I don't know where you put Hutchinson in that. Because um, we got Ottawa Thursday night, then we've got the Oilers. So don't put them in against the Oilers. But um, if Campbell can really go on a, a ten-game run, uh, that'll that'll show where Campbell is. Like like you said, he doesn't have the greatest numbers in LA, but in the next ten games right now will will determine uh, what we need to do in the next the next three weeks or so, right? So, as far as the forwards, um, I, and I mentioned this to Clark last night, um, if they don't get anything back for letting BC and uh, Travis Boyd go, we, I, I, I think I said this on Twitter. Um, I haven't heard any backlash. I guess I said the right thing. Um, so, maybe Adam Brooks comes up, and maybe we see Nick Robertson come up on, on to play forward. So, um, I like what Josh said though about Getzenyuk and and Simmons. I think that was our our splash. And in case something doesn't happen, uh, that's okay because we have Simmons and Getzenyuk um, back in. Maybe you go after David Savard or Vince Dunn. Um, he's playing Marlow in St. Louis. They're they're in the top four. I don't know why they would want to let him go, but he's on the trade bait board. But um, you know. As far as I'm, 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 I'm a goalie. Like I've, I've always liked goalies. I've always, always dissected their game. So maybe Dubnik, Riddich, and uh, Holpe are the, the maybe pieces Toronto can pick up for a playoff run, right? If if Anderson's on long-term injury, Toronto's going to need a goalie. They can't play uh, Campbell for the next 25 odd games, right? So um, that's where that's where I stand with the forward D and and goalies at the moment. Uh, but again, three weeks till the trade deadline, so a lot can happen in, in three weeks, right? No, definitely can. And you know something, I'll say this to all of you, when it comes to Kyle Dubas, he always seems to make deals that we didn't see coming. 
um, you know, with the Muzzin deal, the Campbell deal, the Clifford deal, uh, the Galchenyuk deal, even that one. Um, so, you know, with Kyle Dubas, it's always something that's under the radar, but it's an impactful deal. So, you know, maybe look for one of those to be happening. And I said it to, uh, to Terry the other day, the Toronto Maple Leafs don't have a lot of cap room, but you know, one thing they did last year is they did facilitate a trade for the Vegas Golden Knights, retaining some salary on Robin Leonard, uh, as that trade went through. So maybe the Maple Leafs look for someone to do that with this year, you know, a team that may be out of the playoff picture, has a little cap space. And they do a three-way trade where the team retains on a guy that has a bigger ticket and allows that guy to come over to Toronto at a lesser cap hit. Who knows, but Kyle Dubas does those things. And that's why Brandon Pridham's there. He wrote the cap. He knows what it's all about. So that's why the Leafs are able to do some jumping through hoops and wiggle room when it comes to cap services. But I'll ask you guys this one to uh, closely put a bow on it as we're closing in on the 40-minute mark already. Um, You look at the Toronto Maple Leafs this season. And you see, you know, both the Jekyll and Hyde, the good and the bad. Uh, Josh, I'll get you to start. You look at the Leafs. Uh, for me, I say the rest of the season, the Toronto Maple Leafs will be doing well um, and probably keep their spot atop the North Division. There's teams like Edmonton, but goaltending is a question for the Edmonton Oilers. They're getting stuff right now, and Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl are absolutely destroying the NHL since the Leafs shut them down. Um, but do you see Toronto A holding on to the North Division lead? And I'll get everybody to chime in on this as they go. And do you also see them having playoff success this year? Uh, yeah, I think they'll, they will hold the, the top of the division just because of the hot start they got. Um, I mean, if a team like, if someone finishes ahead of you, I really don't think it's the end of the world in this season because there's only three other teams you can play in the playoffs anyway, and you're going to see two of them anyway especially if you want to make a deep playoff run. So um, I don't think home ice is going to be a big, as big a deal this year, especially with no crowds in uh, in Canada. I mean, maybe they go over to Buffalo and play there, but I don't think that'll happen until the third and fourth round. Um, as for, you know, the, the last, what, they got 25-ish games left. Um, I think what they really got to focus on is amping up and getting ready for the playoff push. So when you... when Game one in the, in the playoffs starts, you're already ready. and that, That's what we've seen with this season. The games have been getting more intense as you go on because you're seeing the same teams over and over and over again. And I do think that is benefiting the Leafs. Sure, these teams are getting to figure them out better, but the Leafs are also figuring them out. I mean, the one case that I, I point to is they shut down Edmonton. One goal in three games, and you got two of the best players in the league on that team. Um, I just, I loved that. I, I loved that from them. I thought they showed real uh, growth and their maturity there. Uh, you know, it was kind of hurt a little bit with that six-game slide afterwards where they only got uh, one win in that, those six games. But I think this team's in good shape. Every team has a rough patch. Uh, everyone, you know, I see on Twitter all the time, people say, oh, you know, you can't go through a stretch like this uh, if you want to win a cup. Well, cup teams do go through that stretch. And it, it does happen. And it, it's how you respond out of that, right? You know, you get knocked over. Can you get back up and be as strong as you were? So this team's got, you know, about half a season to show us what they're made of. Um, they're coming off quite a long break. Yeah, they played two games against the Flames, but it's going to be a nice nice reset for them against Ottawa. And then you go in and you got to show us what you got against Edmonton. You know, show us that same team that had that three-game stretch where they shut them down. If you can do that again against Edmonton, I think we're back in business. Definitely. What do you think there, Mr. Anesty? I, I, I like what I like 
like what Josh just mentioned, we've got Ottawa, um, the Oilers, the Oilers, and the Jets to round out the month of March. Um, so eight points grabs uh, before the end of March. So I, I, I like where the team is. I, I, um, I, I think, I think really like with, with the forge we have, we got Spetsa, Spetsa, Spetsa can score timely goals. Uh, once Simmons gets back in the form, uh, right now I, I just I, I'm just the only thing I'm worried about is where the lines have been put through a blender. Um, does Hyman belong on the third line? It, it's tough because you got Nylander, Tavares, and uh, forget the other person's name. Second, second, yeah. Um, so you know that's my only worry. Like how the lines are going to be. You don't want to be mismatching lines. Two weeks before the playoffs. Um, but to answer your question, will the Leafs be in the top four? Hundred um, percent. Right now, Cal- Calgary's pushing, uh, Vancouver's pushing, and it's unfortunate Ottawa's not going to make the playoffs. But I really think, um, and they even mentioned it the last night after the Vancouver game, right? With the with the injuries Vancouver's now experiencing, um, Calgary didn't have that good start. And Josh said Toronto had that good start, so that helps them. But I'm, I strongly believe in the Canadian division. Teams like Calgary and Vancouver, they're going to run out of gas chasing all these teams that are ahead of them. So what's going to happen is they're just going to run out of gas and they're just going to be, okay, are we sellers, are we buyers, what are we doing here, right? Um, Calgary right now has the only chance, I believe, to make a to make a run in that top four. But does Toronto get knocked out of that top four? No, because um, other than Montreal and Winnipeg, um, I can see Edmonton, Calgary, jockey, jockeying for that fourth position. Um, you're right, Edmonton's goalie is not the greatest, Goskin and Mike Smith. Um, so Winnipeg, Toronto, Montreal, and Calgary are my top four. But as far as like the Leafs as a whole, um, just just waiting, just waiting out the three weeks, see what happens. I, I'm not worried. I like I like the team. I like I like who they have. Um, if they can get Brooks up. Uh, they can get Nick Robertson up. Um, you're right. They need a defenseman, a, def- a depth guy for the playoffs, because we don't want to rely on Marinch. Like we, we're. I don't even know why he's still in the organization. Like they're not treating him like D'Angelo, but they're just. I don't know. They keep they hold on to him for some for whatever reason, but um, we don't want him in the playoffs. Like he just was terrible versus Columbus, right? So no, definitely um, for sure. But do do address the defensive uh, side of things. To, to make sure we've got enough depth in the playoffs. Um, but other than that, I, I really like where the team's going. So. No, definitely. Well, Jen, what do you think? What do you think of the Toronto Maple Leafs uh, holding on to top spot? And what do you think of them, obviously, uh, throughout the rest of the season? Are they going to be the team in the first half or the team from what we've seen lately? Um, I like, I like, like Jamie said, I like the way the team looks. Um, teams go through rough patches. It happens. We get tired. You know, place your injuries, whatever. Some things we don't find out as fans. I think that they might. I'd rather them go through like work out their kinks now than in the first round. You know what I mean? So that they can kind of like use the next couple of weeks, or sorry, what do we got? A month and a half left. Yeah, about that. Yep. About the season. Use the month and a half to tweak things rather than you know make sure that we stay in the top. It doesn't matter if we finish first in the division. To me, not really. Um, it might help their you know psychological aspect or whatever but I think 
what we should do is focus on whatever finding those pieces that we need and kind of just tweaking what we have now and then building up the last couple of weeks. And honestly, I'm just here for Joe Thornton. So <laughs> whatever needs to be done needs to be done because I need to see that man raise the cup. That's it. Well, let's hope that he's he gonna, does raise he's the cup. Start, he's going to start charging you for renting his beard. Oh, I'm like him. <laughs> that was I've been actually a fan pretty good. Of him since he was drafted to the Boston Bruins. I think I got a little bit of a little. I've followed him to three teams now, so. That's all right. There's not a problem there. Well, the last thing I'll get from each and every one of you here is at least have four games left in this month: Ottawa, Edmonton, Edmonton, and then the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, I'll start with you, Jen. For out of these four games, what do you think the record will be? Sorry, what were the what were the games again? We have the Ottawa Senators, the Edmonton Oilers, the Edmonton Oilers, and the Winnipeg Jets. Um, well, it depends on if Edmonton plays the goalie they played the other night last night. Um, that could be a hit or miss. I think that we'll shut down Edmonton, and I think Winnipeg will take us. So you're what? You're going oh. three and one with a victory over Ottawa, Edmonton, Edmonton. Yeah, unless they play the goalie that played last night. I forgot his name. He had a great game last night against Calgary. All right, Jen's 3-1. and one. What do you think, Josh? Uh, you know, I'm thinking I'm not worried about, like, when I look at this upcoming schedule, I'm kind of worried about Thursday's game the most. Um, Ottawa's been decent lately. Like, they're they're playing to have fun. They kind of remind me of the team uh, we had when uh, the year Babcock got here. Um, you know, just figure out who they are. That could be uh, what they call a trap game. And then the Leafs play up to teams. So they'll play up to the Oilers. They'll play up to the Jets. When they play down the teams, that's when they start to get into trouble. And when you play the Sens, you know, I, I got a lot of respect for the Sens and their players, but you're playing down to a team like that. So yep. uh, they got they got to make the Sens play their game. I mean, they have the potential here to go 4-0-0. Um, but I wouldn't be shocked if they go like 3-0-1 or 3-1-0. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't be upset with that. You want to look at getting... Eight points up for grabs. If you get six out of eight, I think you're, you know, you're laughing at that. All right, all right. There you go. So basically, uh, to call it a fair thing, it's two zero and two is what you're going with. Two wins in regulation, two in or two losses in a shootout or whatever. Yeah, sure. Okay, we'll go there. Jamie, what is yours, buddy? Well, at, at Ottawa on, on Thursday, um, I think it's. it's I don't know. The, the 27th and the 29th, we play the Oilers at home. Basically, roll the dice at a crap table, man. I don't. I don't know. Like, and then we got Winnipeg on the, in Winnipeg on the 31st. Um, that'll be the. I believe that'll be the toughest, the toughest test around March in Winnipeg. Um, the Oilers playing in Toronto. I think. Um, so, what are you going with with a prediction? You going one and four, uh, one and uh, three? You guys are going to pull my uh, you guys will pull my fandom card here, but 
I'm going one, one, and two. Um, I think they'll win against Ottawa. I have a funny feeling that uh, Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl on Saturday night are going to absolutely set the place on fire against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, I think that they'll try to repeat performance that the next game, it'll go to overtime, and Toronto will lose an OT, obviously, with uh, McDavid and Dreisaitl. And I see them losing again in overtime to the Winnipeg Jets. some reason, the Jets just seem to have a little bit of Toronto's number this year uh, with that little three-game series we had. Was really competitive, but a lot of OT there. So I'm saying, uh, saying one, one, and two guys. And it's not, it's not e- easy to win in Ottawa either. Like I'm. <laughs> no, I'm Toronto historically. I mean, back in the day, Toronto win, never. Right? It's not easy. So you got to factor that in too, right? It's not an easy place to win a game. So. Toronto historically through the regular season. You know, way even way back in the day, never used to beat them during the regular season, but. Josh and Jen, you may remember this, Jamie, too, that Toronto always seemed to turn it up for the uh, Ottawa Senators in the playoffs. So I will take losing to Ottawa in the regular season to always beat a team in the playoffs any day of the week. But it has been great to uh, to sit down and shoot with you. Josh, where can everybody find your work and what you're doing? Uh, you can find it on my Twitter. At, uh, what is my Twitter handle? It's Josh, Coach underscore Josh 16. Uh, and then we got our, our show with Brandon Waterhouse and Matthew Fairclough, the Orion Sportscast. That's just at Orion Sportscast on Twitter. Uh, you know, we do shows every Monday and Friday. And, um, yeah, we got some big stuff coming. We're, uh, we're doing an NWHL piece this Friday because they're resuming their season with the semifinals and their finals, which we're super pumped up for, hoping the six can bring it home. And, uh, yeah, just check us out on YouTube as well. Awesome. Obviously, uh, Jamie, we got some stuff to announce too. Uh, sitting down tomorrow with uh, Mr. Theo Fleury for the second time. On Thursday, we have Tori Sullivan. A uh, little NWHL on our side too there, Josh, for the Boston Pride. Friend of the show will be sitting down to talk about life in the bubble and then obviously the Isabel Cup this weekend. And then Friday, David Alter, reporter for the Toronto Maple Leaf, swings on by. So busy week for, for both shows, the Orion cast, and obviously here at Offside, but want to thank you, Jen, Jamie, and Josh, for swinging by, sitting down. And this is Offside Hockey Talk, where hockey comes to talk. Mm-hmm.